What is up, sports world? Welcome back to another edition of Fourth and Forever Sports. You've got Scott here, as always, joined by Taylor and Jacob. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Another week with the fellas talking about football. Can't get much better than that, can it? No, and Not big news. Chance. Listeners can't see this, but, man, we can see Taylor now. He's got a working camera, and it's game-changing. Straight Re- up. Really, ste- really, really stepping up in the world, fellas. Uh, I'm sorry you have to see me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, we're making progress. That's right. I know. The content can only get better now that we can actually see Taylor. It's, yeah. it's been a lot of fun trying to learn everybody's cues. It's just been me and Scott staring at each other for the last, you know, nine weeks of our lives or whatever we've been doing this for. But <laughs> now that we can thing. actually, I've been staring at you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The week after we talk about how our technological skills suck, we now have three webcams. Get it together. We're only you know, girl baby. To be fair, Jacob, I like staring at your eyes, so it's okay. Wow, you like that? <laughs> I may have to f around and get on YouTube or something next level hey dude there's been some people that have really been begging for us to take this to video and i've been hearing that the youtube game is wide open for takers right now so you guys in or what man youtube YouTube page i'm all about it oh bangers only man well uh y'all week one is in the books week one of the pro football world anyway Lots of crazy stuff to unpack. We'll get to college football, another crazy week in there. I'm excited. I, the fact that I get to talk football and sports in general with you guys on a weekly basis, I'm I'm blessed and it's amazing. So thanks for that. Heard right that. back at you. Feel the same way. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll hop into it. So college football. I got to say it. How about them Buffalo? What? Dude, America's team is here to stay. I know we're only two weeks into the season, but I'm all in. Hey, it's it's kind of became that way too. America's team, I like that has a little buzz to it. It's just a matter of time before like all these Buffalo fans come start coming out the woodwork. We're gonna see some Buffalo hats and shirts like littering the population by the end of the year. They're gonna be like just ubiquitous. It's it's coming. Yeah, didn't yeah. I tell you guys There's... week one I was a huge Colorado Buffalo fan my whole life? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that. I said the last year before Dion was even hired that I was like, go Buffalo. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the, all the people in Colorado are going to have to steal their vintage Buffalo stuff back from the homeless folks after, after mm, a 20 yeah. year drought. <laughs> Dude, I saw that Colorado, like it was the first sold out game in what's something like 15 years and Buffalo tickets were going for more than uh, a handful of like pro games were going. That's crazy. Listen, Scott said sold out game. These boys sold out the season. They sold out the whole season. And they couldn't, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, they couldn't afford to pay Dion his contract until they sold out their season. Shut up, really? Swear, yeah, they were. it was like an IOU. It's like, That's- <laughs> you're here for $24 million. We have $3 million. We'll get you back. And then I they sold you. out, as- and it was like. IOU, that's as good as money. Hey, everybody's on primetime, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a real thing, though, man. The money that he's that he and that football, football program are generating for that school this year, like, already, it's nuts. And it's oh, just yeah. going to snowball. Well, and, I mean, we're talking about Deion Sanders. He mm. doesn't need the money. No. Which, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this before or not. I'm going to tell you again, if you have. Really cool story about Deion Sanders when he 
got to Jackson State, they actually, you know, they, they signed him to a couple million dollar deal or something. And his first year, he basically converted his entire contract into money back to the school. So he redid all their facilities. He did, I mean, they got brand new everything out of his pocket, basically. And that's, if you don't, now that we know the whole thing and that every kid that played for him at Jackson State has basically played for him their whole lives, uh, it, it makes more sense because he's so emotionally connected to those kids too. And I mean, it, yeah, it was wild when I heard it the first time, but now it's even crazier, you know? Yeah. Respect, huge respect to Dion for that because you don't see, I mean, a lot of people who have money, they don't like to share too much. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I did not know that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, anyway, let's yeah, actually talk about what happened last weekend, huh? Yeah, man, for sure. Speaking of, so that, that Buffalo-Nebraska game, first half looked kind of dicey. I was like, uh, is the magic already wearing out? And then Deion Sanders proved why he's a good coach, and Matt Rule proved why he's a bad coach, and, and the Buffalo just started running away, running away with it in the second half. Yeah, the... The fighting Matt rules, they just they couldn't quite get it together. You know what I mean? It, I was really impressed with Colorado's defense this week, actually. They they looked week one like they couldn't stop a nosebleed and was just all <laughs> offense. And then here we come week two. I don't know if you guys know, but Nebraska has a really mobile quarterback. Jeff Sims is way more athletic than the average pocket passing quarterback. And he really, I, I think he finally got loose for a, a long run at one point. But for most part, I mean, his average carry was like three or four yards. And that is saying something about that guy. So big shout out to Dion and the guys for, for actually tightening down and stepping up uh, the defensive game plan this week. I was going to say, they, they seem pretty defensively fundamentally sound. But, I mean, they have athletes everywhere. So, you know, like you said, having an athletic quarterback on the other side. When you got eleven athletes out there who can who can fly around, I mean it's it's hard for anybody to get loose. We'll see if the hype is uh, real and sustainable because they've got Oregon and USC coming up respectively. So those should be pretty defining well, games. So Jacob actually had a bold take on this. Go ahead, Jacob, share with everybody your thoughts on Colorado versus Oregon and Colorado versus USC. Yeah, so it's gonna be a lot of people will be like, "Wow, that Jacob guy." Remove his credibility card right now. Hey, hey, but, or not. Hey, I'm here to tell you, I think Colorado beats USC. And I here's my reasoning. We all know that Caleb Williams is the truth. He has so many comps now. Patrick Mahomes, Jesus. I mean, everything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Williams is, is the guy. <laughs> yeah. But that USC defense is not. They can't stop nothing. It's seven on seven all day long, any team they play against, any team that's any kind of good. And if you look at Colorado, they look like they're kind of good. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, oh, yeah. Deion Sanders has that team firing on all cylinders. If they can keep it up, it's a, it comes down to a coin toss. I mean, it's, it's every Chiefs-Bills, every Chiefs-Bengals game that we've watched in the last few years at the college level. So, yeah, I, th I think Colorado actually stands a pretty good chance at winning that game. I do think that they drop a game to Oregon. I think Oregon is a much more complete team than USC. If you remove the fact that Caleb Williams is playing for USC and look at that Oregon team, they, there's just a lot of really good things going on there. They have three really talented running backs out of the backfield. They've got Bo Nix, who is a tenured starter. He's played a lot of college ball, played a lot of college games, and they've got some great receivers there too. Flip side, their defense is solid as well. Uh, I think 
Oregon's one of the best teams we're going to see this year, kind of by a little bit of a margin. So we'll see what happens. I'm a I'm a big Colorado fan as of this year, though. So yeah, I, I like that take. I think uh, Colorado can score with. I mean, it's early, but I think they're a team that can score with anybody. So like you said, it's going to come down in that USC game to stops. So I'm I'm very anxious about that game. I kind of I honestly hope they're both undefeated at that point. You know, obviously they play Oregon first, so if they even if they drop that one, it's still a game I'm going to stay tuned into. So yeah, here we are on September twelfth recording our seventh podcast and two weeks ago the colorado buffalo were extinct they <laughs> did not exist my brothers <laughs> think about that it's just it's crazy how far we've advanced talking about dion and and shadur travis hunter and, and all these guys that are just all world athletes we've seen play two games and we are so invested <laughs> yeah well, they, I, mean, I mean no go ahead scott they're uh man they they are up to 18 uh in the ap top 25 and there's a very real chance that they crack the top 15 if they go to you know if they uh play even if they play usc tough and if they beat oregon talking top 10 top five watch out is the oregon game a homer on the road i think that one's away it is at oregon yeah Yeah. and usc's at Dion's house right Mm -hmm. yes sir Mm. Speaking of <laughs> Jake, Jacob, that smile says it all. <laughs> yeah, you may have called it. Uh, speaking of the top twenty-five, uh, another team rose dramatically after they uh, took care of business against Bama, and that is the Longhorns jumping up to number four. And man, man. we saw last we saw last year Texas gets up against Bama, and this year they got it done. Yeah, and Quinn they, Ewers looked really good that game. I was, I mean, knowing that Texas is going to be playing Alabama a lot more often ne- starting next year when they're playing in the SEC, I am excited. I hope that their success continues, you know, for many years to come. I mean, so they're looking like they may be a legitimate actual football program now. Something we haven't been able to say, something we haven't been able to say since the days of Mac Brown. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude. They were horns down for quite a few years. But. I just want to ask you guys, do you know how many people can actually attend a game in Tuscaloosa at one time? Like, what what is the max capacity of their stadium? Any idea? Like 88,000, 89,000. As of, you got a guess, Taylor? I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> As of 2010, they can house 101,000 people in that stadium. Oh, boy. Yeah. And Texas went on the road into Tuscaloosa, into Nick Saban's home. Yeah, it's and a football school. that ass, boy. Oh. <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Sarkeesian went home and came back victorious. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> that was a football game. And I'll be the first to admit to you, I did not think that was going to happen. Not even maybe. Not even maybe. But I will say that there was a few weeks ago, a guy named Jacob talked about Xavier Worthy, and Scott made his funny joke about Xavier Worthy being worthy. And guess nah. what? Voice, voice the was. truth. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, dude, Nick Saban is just so easy to root against. Like, he, maybe it's just because I've had Bama fatigue because they've been relevant for so dang long. But he's just so easy. He's such a good villain, and he owns that shit. I mean, it was like Brady and Belichick, very similar to that for a lot of years where it didn't matter what team you rooted for. You did not want the Patriots to win. So I get a big Patriots vibe from them. Which... Talking yeah. about talk, talk about a vibe change. 
Brady became much, more, much more palatable once he got away from Darth Vader or Emperor Pal- Palpatine, Belichick, or what have you. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's true, the Patriot dude. way. That's mm. so true. That's so true. I mean, if you if you stop and just kind of forget for just a minute all of the cheating allegations that the Patriots have had over the last fifteen years, I mean, yeah, you still hate them. I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's very uh, yeah. <laughs> very hateable face <laughs> scott no. knows all about the patriots hate they about knocked off philly this weekend week one mm, yeah we'll get into that when we talk about the nfl review but yes it was much closer than i cared for it to be unfortunately womp, yeah. womp. the last few hairs on your head about got pulled out didn't they mm. <laughs> i was wondering we're 14 minutes in and not one mention of my bald spot or anything <laughs> Nah, I knew, we, I knew my, we wouldn't make it 15. Nope. I got to get my jabs in when you least expect it. You know what I mean? <laughs> keep, keep me on my toes. That's right. Anyway. Yep. Uh, one man, other game that I know you... The, uh, yep. Go ahead. So the one other game I know you wanted to touch on was old Houston and Rice. Yeah. No? And, you know, I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about either team. I do know that Rice is uh, not going to be playing for a national championship anytime soon. I know that it's a safe, Houston safe assessment. Yeah, you could put money on that one probably. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Houston. On it. G- generally speaking, guys, Houston is a good team. Like it, it doesn't really matter what it is either. Basketball, football, track, chess. I mean, the dudes are good <laughs> at everything they do, and they let Rice come into their house and beat them. It was a crazy scoring affair. It was like 48, 45, or 45, 43, something like that. Yeah, Houston got beat by Rice, and yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a bad look, boys. That's a bad look. Welcome to the Big Twelve, uh, Houston. Thanks for making yeah, us look good. Yeah. That's a heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Scott noise. Weird. Womp womp. <laughs> a lot of weird football just in general. The first two weeks, uh, and that, that kind of applied to the first week in the NFL too. Man, just a lot of you know, up is down, down is up. Cats are chasing dogs and what have you. Weirdness. Yeah, it seemed like uh, as the week went on, the weekend went on. Uh, just got weirder and weirder, you know, but the Bengals, the uh, Chiefs, the, uh, you know. The Chiefs lost first, actually. The, the Bills. Yeah. The sword. It, hey, in in no specific order. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll be the first to admit, a guy that I really like a lot texted me this week and had to let me know that I was wrong. Shout out to you, Dave Stice. Appreciate you. <laughs> Joe Burrow did look bad. He looked real bad. He looked like mm-hmm. a guy that had not played football all summer, which he didn't. But, you know, yeah. whatever. The yeah, Browns, he, <laughs> they look good. They look good. Hey, he, he probably left uh, much out to my your chagrin. Chiefs take, though, didn't he? Your Chiefs Lions take? Hey, dude, I texted him back and said, you know what I wasn't <laughs> wrong about, Dave? <laughs> and he said, you could have caught better than Tony. And I said, Dave, you could have caught better than Tony. And you know what he brought up? 1981, Labette County football team, Dave Stice, 90-yard touchdown. He said, I introduced them boys to stick them. I said, I believe that. I believe <laughs> yeah. that. Shout oh, out, man. Dave, man. He, he's great. You, sh- you should ask him how many games they won in high school. Less than didn't us. Need, didn't need to talk about that, brother. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need to take all of his dignity. <laughs> yeah. Old Dave, he's a big fan. No. Oh. Nothing about that, unfortunately. He was making fun of Scott's bald spot, too. Hey. <laughs> Doesn't even know me. He, he's he's heard about it enough. Anyway. Glad that my <laughs> glad that my my baldness is more famous than we are. So that's fun. <clears throat> it, it is legendary, man. Like 
<laughs> the Tom Brady deflate gate, Scott Berger's forehead. I mean, it's <laughs> the, five head. Mm. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, let's talk about the weirdness that is the the NFL Week One world, man. So you talked on Cincinnati and Cleveland, and man, those Bengals—they did not look right. They did not look like the Bengals. No, they looked like the Badgals. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was awful. Uh, he, he 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 tried. Yeah, I'm gonna have to mute you for that one. Yeah, but. <laughs> Well, like Jacob said, you know, Burrow's been sitting out for a couple weeks now, so you can't really hold this game against them. You know, next week I think they're going to come out strong and they're going to look good. So I, I will never count out a uh, Joe Burrow-led Bengals team again. I don't know, man. No. I would. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's just week one fluke and gelling and all that jazz, but still it was like just dismantled on every aspect of the ball. And it was much to my chagrin because yeah. I'm well publicized Browns hater. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting too because they got Baltimore this week, so they dropped two in their division to start the season. Not very good. Tough look. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, it, it's it's really crazy. Really, the generally speaking, the Bengals are lights out in the receiving aspect of the game. T. Higgins had not one single catch all weekend long Mm -hmm. and usually joe mixon is the guy that you're like dude you have one of the best offenses in the league why can you not figure out how to string together four or five good runs i mean what's the deal he either has an insane five touchdown game or he does absolutely nothing not that he did a lot but he did have 70 yards this weekend and the rest of the offense was non-existent so yeah he he's about the only Thing with that offense is worth talking about you know I mean, yes he's he, yes i mean they they did nothing well let's be honest but if we had to talk about something it would be joe mixon hey what about i i hope you guys saw this if you didn't you need to go look at it what about miles garrett two things <laughs> one they moved miles garrett all over the field which is kind of new right i mean he was playing linebacker like he he was doing a lot of stuff and it's because he's, he's lining a up over of a the man. center at one point yes crazy yes which leads me to my next point it's the first quarter there are no points on the board whatsoever this is a divisional game week one miles garrett is literally practicing his crossover dribble on the way up to the center pre-snap dude's just leaning and rocking and leaning and rocking and they snapped the ball and i swear to you both he crossed this man up and immediately was in Joe Burrow's pocket. Yep. Like, what? <laughs> imagine imagine you're Joe Burrow and you see this 275 pound shark just rocking and looking at you. It's goddamn terrifying. Yeah, there, hey, <laughs> there's, there's, there's never a bad time for a good size up dribble. So, no, hey, which, dude, which receivers say that all the time. You know, like you see Stefan Diggs do it. Like he'll act like he's doing his, uh, between the legs and behind the back and stuff. And they say it helps with like their route running and their release off the line. So hmm. maybe Miles Garrett's doing yeah, the same thing crazy. for the defense. It's crazy. I've seen some videos of Miles Garrett actually playing some ball. Dude's crazy. I mean, ain't nothing nobody can do about it. So I mean, uh-huh. yeah, he, he hit a guy in the head with a helmet. So yeah. He's, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's nobody important. It was just Mason Rudolph. <laughs> 
Hey, go poke. Shout out, Mason. Yeah, I'll say that. That used to be your guy at one point. Oh, he's still my guy. He's just never going to play again. Yeah, he's concussed still. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, so talking about, yeah, what the Bengals offense didn't do. My guy was 14 for 31, 82 yards, zero mm-hmm. touchdowns. That's that's not a winning Yikes. remedy. I'm just saying. No, not <clears> even maybe. <throat> yeah, tough look. But like I said, and, you know, missed a couple weeks. It's not going to look like that Bengals team next week at, no. against the Ravens. So, yeah, it's it's fun to talk about now because me personally, you know, with the Chiefs losing, I'm okay with them losing week one. <laughs> I so. bet you are. Yeah. So, yeah. I got to say, it, I only, actually, only Taylor's the only member of the pod that's te- uh, home team started out 0-1 this week. It's a, it's a tough look, my man. Tough look. It is a t- mm. tough look. You know. Hey, dude. You know, we, all I'm saying is... I'm actually really excited to see this Bengals-Ravens matchup just because, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but just because C.J. Stroud actually moved the ball pretty effectively against Baltimore this last weekend, and that's a good defense. We can't take anything away from the Ravens. D, that's a good defense. And C.J. Stroud was knocked free season, basically, because they said he didn't have the ability to make the right decisions. Well... He still threw for 230-something yards, I think it was, right around that ballpark area. He didn't get in the end zone at all, but I'm I'm impressed with C.J. Stroud. Bringing back to my, my main point here to circle back around, Joe Burrow is the highest-paid football player in the world right now. I would think that if he can figure out anything at all during this week, he is going to put some crazy numbers on that Baltimore defense if C.J. Stroud yeah. can do it week one. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, Joe Cool knows that he, like you'd mentioned earlier, Taylor, he can't go zero and two in divisional divisional football the first two weeks of the season. There, <clears throat> excuse me, I expect them to bounce back in a big way for sure against Baltimore. Yeah, but we all got to kind of eat some crow because, uh, man, we are all way off on our. Well, Taylor and I were off on our score predictions of Cleveland Cincinnati, and I was way way off. And then Jacob did have a asterisk that if Joe Burrow looks hampered or not completely right that it could be pretty pretty one-sided so i'll give uh give you the the victory lap there jacob well done and, good call and, and to be fair he also said i guarantee you the browns score 21 points so mm-hmm. also a solid take jacob yeah all right i'm done talking about jacob <sighs> let's move on <laughs> we'll now, recap at the end and remember who was right <laughs> <laughs> So another game I want to talk about, and once again, also to my chagrin, uh, Dallas Cowboys, man, just dismantled the New York, once again, crappy at football Giants. What do you guys think about that? Fluke, first week stuff, or are the Giants not as good as people in New York want to think? Nah, this is, I was saying before the pod, this is the same thing, Clemson Duke, the week one college football season. Anybody that watched that game knows that the New York Giants simply could not do a single thing right. It just wasn't their night. Anybody that's ever played sports knows that there will be those games, and there's just nothing you can do about it. Nothing is going to go right. The block kick that was returned for a touchdown, I mean, that that's a one-in-a-million play. The What was probably recorded as a pick six, Saquon got, gets absolutely smoked by the corner. Ball pops up in the air. They catch it and high step into the end zone, 20-yard return. You know, those two plays right there are completely pivotal, pivotal, and 
daggers. I mean, really, they put them in a coffin right there. That's it. They're not coming back from that. And so once the momentum is completely gone, the energy's down, it was raining. Like there's a million things that happened in that game that was just wrong. So is Dallas a better football team? Probably. Kind of hard to say, really. I, I just think there's a million things that went wrong and we should not say that the New York Giants are a horrible football team based off of that game. Yeah, I agree. I I think that uh, you know, week one definitely had a lot to do with it and you see this all the time with Dallas though too. Dallas comes out and looks like they're world beaters one week and then the next week they, you know, like the Giants can't do anything right, you know. So I I mean I'm not I'm not buying into this too much. I think the Giants are a lot better than they looked and I think Dallas will come back down to earth as the season progresses. So we'll see. Yeah, the uh, Giants were in that proverbial quicksand, as my guy Joe Falco said one time in the movie long ago. The replacements played by the old, old Shane uh, Falco. Yeah, Shane Falco. Excuse me, I got the Falco You're right. Of Flacco <laughs> got those yeah. two characters. <laughs> Joe <up>. Fivehead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do want to say one more thing about footsteps, Falco. <laughs> I do want to say one more thing about Dallas, also. We really didn't get an opportunity to get a good feel for that offense. I think that just based on what we did see, I think Dak Prescott is actually kind of assuming the role of like loves to throw to his tight end. You know, I think his, I think probably every tight end Dak Prescott has in his career is going to be heavily, heavily used because it, even though, I mean, there was a few times that Ferguson probably wasn't supposed to be the first read, Dak went there anyway, you know, and that, that's just a, kind of a cliff note I had from the game. I think we still have some things to see. Tony Pollard is is great, and we know that. And Dallas's offensive line is great, and we know that. So the pieces are there. It's just really comes down to is Dak the guy or not. And I think if we can't figure that out by the end of this season, I, it's probably pretty clear that he's not. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. The the story of that game, in my opinion, was Cowboys defense and Giants offense. You know, I mean, if you look at the stats, there was really no part of the Cowboys offense that looked incredible. And I mean, they were in good field position most of the game, and they put up a lot of points. But statistically, I mean, Dak had 143 yards passing. Pollard had 70 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So that tells you about their field position right there. And CeeDee Lamb was their leading receiver with four catches for 77 yards. So, I mean, it's not like their offense was blowing the doors off the off the place. It was just their defense showed up and played very well, put the offense in great positions the whole game. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb's, CD Lamb's 70-something yards was 50 of that was on one catch on a blown coverage. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just feel like we, we can't get a good feel for anything on that. So, the to use Taylor's terms, Dallas Cowboys look like world beaters week one, but I just yeah. I don't think you can put stock in that. No, not yet. And I think Dak just – yeah, I, I don't think he's a – I don't think he's a top five quarterback. I think he's a guy you can win with but not win because of. Um, I just don't think that's – it's not, not in his skill set, in my opinion. That's That's a – that's a good way to put that. I do think that pre-compound ankle fracture, he could have been, honestly. At that point in his career, he was really running and gunning and, and making a lot of good decisions. And, and the, the Dallas Cowboys offense was so much more lethal because you couldn't just stack the box and wait for Zeke to pop out one side. You know, I mean, it, Dak was really two-dimensional at that point. And now he, 
probably shouldn't run as much, but I also think that he maybe mentally can't, you know? I mean, anytime you try and come back from an injury like that, like there's only his so much decision. you're going to let yourself do. I don't know if it's confidence or what it is, but his decision-making fell off significantly. And you saw it last year. I mean, multiple pick games and just putting the ball where you shouldn't be putting it. And it's not something a guy who's been running an offense for seven years should be doing. So, yeah, it's just his yeah. question his question uh his uh decision making is questionable unfortunately you, you see Josh Allen doing things similar but i almost think Josh Allen's is just him trying to make a play you know like trying to throw the ball 75 yards down the field and and there being two or three defenders down there where Dak it seems like it could be a confidence thing or just bad decision making more so than trying to make some crazy play yeah which either way it's a turnover Speaking of Josh Allen, man, that, first of all, big bummer. Oh, Aaron Rodgers going down four plays in. That sucks. And poor Jets fans are just cursed. But two things. One, Zach Wilson is not it. They're going to have to figure something else out of quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) That guy is not it. But two, Josh Allen is the most frustrating person on the planet. He's either, and and I know this isn't a hot take. Everyone's got this take, but like, the dude either is the best football player on the planet or the worst football player on the planet. And there's no there's no just average pedestrian game. It's just he's gonna he's gonna be Superman or he's gonna F you. And this game he F'd him, unfortunately. <laughs> Man, I, I think again, I think there's some more to unpack here. I think a lot like we talked about with Chiefs and, and Detroit uh on Thursday, one team kinda had a lot of momentum coming in. In the Jets, you know, that I mean, they were over the moon about Aaron Rodgers coming in, playing in this offense. And hats off to them for literally losing Aaron Rodgers before the season even started, basically. <clears throat> Four snaps into the game, Rodgers goes down, season-ending Achilles, it's horrible, and they find a way to win the game anyway, right? So, on the flip side, the Bills, they've had four, five, six, seven now really successful seasons in a row. And yeah, it sucks that they dropped one to to the Jets this week, but in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter that much right now? Probably not. That I don't want to take anything away from that Jets defense though. They are nuts. Legit. Really. Yeah, yeah I was I was gonna say that Jets defense is incredible. Uh, I mean, obviously Diggs had a pretty good game, but I mean Sauce Gardner, Reed on the other side, and then you got Quinn and Williams. And I totally forgot his brother Quincy Williams played on the team, and they are both dogs. <laughs> like it is incredible dogs. that 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 defense just flies around, dude. Like it's they're they're very fun to watch. And like yeah. I said last week, you know, Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers doesn't matter. That defense is going to keep them in the game. Yeah, yeah, they play like their hair is on fire, and I love it. It's awesome. But oh yeah. The, to hate on, to bring it back to hating on Josh Allen a little bit more because I want to. Um, this is <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the first Proceed. time. This isn't the first time this has happened. Like, um, you think back 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 to that uh, Vikings game of last year, which is arguably the best game of the season last year, and Josh Allen threw a costly pick and he fumbled in his own end zone. And if if Kirk Cousins had been the guy to do to do those. To essentially lose the game for his team, Kirk Cousins would have been roasted for at least the next week, just because Kirk Cousins has a meme, you know. But 
Um, but Josh Allen does it, and the media just kind of shies away from it. And they're like, hey, it's just, he just had a bad game. It's whatever. And it just, it's, I wonder if he limits their ceiling because he tries to get into hero ball and he starts to force things and he makes mistakes and they end up costing the football game. And doing that against, you know, the Chiefs or the Bengals or, you know, the Jets when they're playing on point or the Vikings whenever they're playing on point is going to lose you games. It's just going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. You know, I mean, like I said earlier, he's a guy who he's a gunslinger and he likes to make plays, but in turn, you know, it, it, it can cost him. And actually, I think Josh Allen came out and said after the game, you know, this is my fault. This is on me. So he owned it. And I respect that. For sure. And the talent is undeniable. Yeah, it's totally. just frustrating. Just the sheer disparity <laughs> between what he does. It's crazy. I think it's oh, yeah. I think it's safe to say that that is the hardest position in football that are probably cornerback. So, I mean, more mental probably for quarterback, you know, and I'm not going to be the a guy that can say I, I could do it and kudos to the guys who can, because if they don't do a very good job, they catch a lot of shit mm-hmm. all Pretty much. the time. Yeah. <laughs> By three guys who have nowhere nearly as talented over here, just like talking mess about, you know, these all world athletes and what have you, but we're behind the microphone, I'm so we continue to. <laughs> Hell yes, same. <laughs> hey, dude. The only person I'm gonna consistently talk shit on is Josh McDaniels from the from the Raiders. So you suck, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he does suck. Yet, yet he somehow beat an even bigger joke of a franchise right now. Sorry, mom, but the Denver Broncos look just not good. It's yeah. Just not good at football. Unfortunately, and Sean yep. Payton's already scapegoating. <laughs> Sean Sean Payton's been been prepping a scapegoat for this floundering season since before the before preseason even started. Like, oh, dumpster fire! Uh, excuse me, dumpster fire of an organization. How could how can you expect me to turn this around in one season? Yeah, he's patting him, trying to deflect. Yeah, yeah, not a good look for for old Sean boy. I do think that Jerry Judy completely changes that offense when he comes back. I think they ask a lot of rookie Marvin Mims, which shout out to everybody out there that was like, oh man, Marvin Mims, he is the truth. He's going to get so many good looks and he is just going to set the world on fire. No, not right out the gate, guys. I mean, he's never even played a snap of NFL football. Like Anybody that has spent any time on Twitter or you know, any, any length of time in any kind of draft boards or anything like everybody for, for weeks and weeks has been talking about Marvin Mims being just incredible. And he might be really good at some point. I liked him a lot at Oklahoma, but you got to temper your expectations a little bit, you know, just because he didn't go absolutely nuts week one and don't jump off the train now. I mean, you've been on it so long, <laughs> right? Like it's, anyway, it takes, it takes a little time. But yeah, no, it was yeah. a cl- game was closer than I expected. Um, I will say, uh, Sean Payton starting off with an onside kick. It's a bold move, bold strategy. Cotton didn't yeah, work out. For some him. would say it cost him the game. I'm so. Like, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. Felt like he was trying a little, a little too hard on that one. Get got a little galaxy uh, ball with it. I'll say going in, I was so excited to see how uh, Devonte Adams was going to play and. Jacoby Myers kind of took over, didn't he? He Dude. looked good. And every time he caught it, I thought it was Devontae Adams. 
<laughs> don't they look alike? Like that's yeah. maybe like, horrible to say. In, I don't in know. Full, but. In full uniform form, they do for sure. Yeah, the the dreads and and everything. Devontae Adams, like obviously, is a little bit taller and maybe a little bit more uh, lengthy. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but <laughs> yeah. Jacoby Myers over the middle was just absolutely shredding them boys in Denver, and you know, honestly, that that was pretty much the brightest spot of their offense this weekend. Josh Jacobs didn't look good. Again, that's what happens when a guy doesn't play football for all summer and shows up week one like he's going to dominate. <laughs> Look, right. Looked a little overweight to me, but who am I to say, you know? Uh, hey. <laughs> it happens, I mean, you miss an offseason. Yeah, it does happen. Hey, mm. he showed up thinking that he was going to be just, boom, immediately the guy. But too bad he was like already settled into, I'm holding out weight. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not playing yeah. this football game. Poor planning, Josh. Poor mm-hmm. planning. But he's so, getting paid way least, more than us. <laughs> yes, quite a bit more. Uh, <laughs> speaking of dumpster fires, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers just laying an egg against the 49ers? And I will eat some crow, man. Uh, Brock Purdy looked looked good. I I I was wrong, Taylor. I'm gonna let you are. take this one first. Yeah, I just I just wanted to ask Jacob how Trey Lance played today or Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> tough look, man. Real tough look. Yeah, but uh, no, you know I I agree. I think the 49er Brock Purdy for one looked really good. They are just so high powered on offense, and uh, I think that Pittsburgh's a better team than they showed, but they probably did play against the best week one team in the 49ers last Sunday. You know, I mean, their defense is stout, Bosa, those guys. So I do think, I think Pittsburgh's going to be a lot better than they, they showed week one. I'm I, I, you know, before the season, I was excited to see Pittsburgh play. So um, I think Pickett's going to be good. I think Pickens is going to be good. I think Deontay Johnson's going to be good. And it's, uh, it's tough to say that after how they showed Sunday. Yeah, yeah for sure. They got, Oh man, they got just absolutely dismantled in pretty much every aspect of the game. Oh man, Pat Fryermuth, uh, chest injury. I don't know if you guys saw the nasty hit he took on that touchdown catch. Helmet straight to his freaking sternum, boy. Probably snapped that thing off. It was it was rough. You got Deontay Johnson, hamstring injury. He's basically the next Cooper Cup in Pittsburgh. Just who knows when he's going to play again. Kenny Pickett, some speculation. Taylor, before you got on, I was telling Scott, there's some speculation that Kenny Pickett actually played an entire game with a concussion on Sunday. Uh, like the third play of the game, he got slammed on his dome. I mean, Look at, bonked. Looking like and, two out there. Oh, boy. Mm. This is not good. Not good. And, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he, Najee got hurt too, didn't he? Najee got hurt early, which yeah. I'll be honest, Najee, I don't know what what the injury designation is or if they're even going to put one on it, but he did not look good at all. He looked no. slow, like he just he looked like he couldn't accelerate at all. So maybe it was Definitely a foot injury lost a again, step. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Jalen Warren looked good. I think he caught six passes and and did what he could do, but that 49ers defense was just on another level. So I think flip side of I mean, that this pains me to say. Go ahead, Scott. I think, yeah, I think the, I think the Forty ers looked like the most complete football team in Week One, but on both sides of the ball. Yeah, like 
shutting shutting everything the Steelers had down, and then they are moving the football at will offensively. And you know, as an Eagles fan, you hate to see it, but it's is what it is. Oh yeah, I I uh, I really think that the Forty ers as a whole. Now th- this is probably a different take, but we saw so many teams that we expected to be way better week one that just fell flat on their face. And then we saw the 49ers come out, just (laughs) beat the brakes off of Pittsburgh. Is there a chance that the Bengals, that the giants, that these teams that are just what in the world is going on, take a huge step forward week two and week three and the 49ers take a huge step backwards. Maybe. I mean, I think that I think, I think the 49ers offense travels really well. And what I mean by that is they run the ball down your throat, right? They have a great offensive line. They're schemed very well. You know, Purdy had 220 and two touchdowns. I mean, he played well. He did what he had to do, but it's not like he lit the world on fire. You know, I mean, he he, he played good, but McCaffrey had 22 carries and 152 yards. You know, I mean, they, they are a team that on their worst day, with the exception of last year in the playoffs when they didn't have a quarterback. Um, they're a team that travels well and they can run the ball very well, you know? So I think that they don't have to, I mean, IU played well, but I, I think that they're a team that, you know, they're tough both sides of the ball. So they don't have to drop back and try to throw for 400 yards to win a game. So I think, I think that they're going to be consistent throughout the whole year. Agreed. Yeah. That's probably that's probably the most realistic take. I just like shaking the world up, you know what I mean? Playing a little devil's advocate on here. Yeah, you know. Would 100% <laughs> agree. I think a couple things that really surprised me. One, uh, they came out and said that McCaffrey was going to be a system guy, that McCaffrey was going to get handcuffed, so to speak, with Elijah Mitchell and whoever else they throw in there, and then they give McCaffrey 90% snaps week one. So that was interesting to me. Maybe it's because it's a long season and they just the anticipation was real. They knew that that Pittsburgh team was going to be one of the toughest defenses they're going to see most of the year. I don't know. I I, I really have no answer for that. I was shocked to see it even after they're ahead by, you know, what what was it, twenty points or something? I guess they won by twenty three. So it wasn't like they were just blowing them out the entire game. But I mean, the game was over pretty much as soon as it started. Anyway, I just expected to see more kind of grounded pound with some of the other guys on the shelf uh, and save McCaffrey a little bit. But when he's as good as he is, maybe you just can't afford to take him out of the game. I, I really don't know. Thoughts there? Nah, playing with fire, I think, man. Um, you know, last couple of years, he's been banged up quite a bit. So why, right. why risk, why risk an asset if you don't have to? Yeah. I mean, I, if you watch the jets, you know, they mixed in Dalvin cook, Brees Hall, and even Michael Carter a lot. And, if I'm the 49ers, I think I, I mean, I have a lot of stock in fantasy and Christian McCaffrey, so I hope that he stays healthy and they give him 22 <laughs> to 25 carries a game. But if I'm the 49ers, you know, I think I probably try to get Elijah Mitchell a little more involved and, and try to save my best, one of my best players for late in the season. 100%. But speaking of Brees Hall and some fantasy stock, how the hell does he not Score a touchdown on that seventy-yard run he breaks off there. Like, 
I will tell you how in the hell he didn't score. It's because Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson was running in front of him. And instead of blocking like a competent human being, he starts running down the field with his hands in the air, celebrating the DB runs right by him and hawks down Brees Hall. That's how that happens. He he forgot his boys coming back from an ACL injury. (laughs) (laughs) He. Dude, it was, it was so frustrating. I'm like, yes, take him to the house. And then, no. Uh, I will say, though, that Garrett Wilson completely redeemed himself when he caught that touchdown. That catch? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about, like, that That has to be, like, the most demoralizing thing that that corner is going to see all season long. Because Garrett Wilson literally... <laughs> He tipped it out of the air to himself <laughs> around this dude's back. And the corner is the corner has <laughs> the corner has both of his hands and his feet that work. Like he is a mobile human being, and he let Garrett Wilson one hand that stuff around his back come down in the end zone. I mean, I just Yeah. If you it, guys it, oh it was a mixture of great coverage and a horrible pass by Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson. It did not matter. I mean, he reached out with one hand and just took it, and that Would not that, be ca- that catch is, yeah, that catch is going to be hard to beat for like catch of the year. I mean, it was <laughs> that good of a catch. It was crazy. Yeah, I. Oh man, my my wife went to bed, and like that, that was. I think there was probably like four minutes left or something at that point. And when that happened, I mean, there's only like 15 people that live in Welch, Oklahoma but every one of them woke up because I went crazy. <laughs> Man, there uh, there were some, a lot of, oh, I can't talk, a lot of games were kind of like stinkers, but man, there were some good ones. Um, that one was an instant classic. And then our boy Baker Mayfield just said, I will not be stopped against the Minnesota Vikings. And man, that was an upset and a half right there. You guys yeah, think he's dude. back, or you think this is a week one fluke? I don't know. I didn't get to watch the game, so it's kind of hard for me to say one way or another. I think that Baker's production as a whole came in in streaks, uh, much like most of the rest of his career in the NFL. It was very streaky. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think that I'm excited to see Baker maybe lead this Buccaneers team to a five-win season. <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not 100% invested for sure. I I think he's I think it was a week one fluke, but I don't know. I I hope that Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and little Rashad White action can be some fun games this season. Maybe get him a backup role somewhere next year. That's that's a good defense too. I mean, they're, yeah. they're I think they're going to win some games. I don't think they're going to be really in contention for anything, but I I think they're going to win some games and they're going to get upset some teams because that that defense is stout. That defense is really good. And the Mm -hmm. NFC South sucks. Yeah, safe to say. Mm -hmm. True. Uh, Speaking of Bucks and their wide receivers, did you guys see that um, Mike Williams passed away today? 36 years young. Did you see that? I saw that. That's horrible. Oh, that's super sad. what What I think is more horrible is the media coverage has just been atrociously bad like last week they came out and dropped that he had already passed away and then like two or three days later they're like oh um actually he's in critical condition we you know prayers up for mike williams right and then today he actually passes away and you know rest in peace but 
I mean, somebody has to get fired over that deal, right? My goodness. Right. You imagine being his you family would, member or something? Yeah, you would you would think. Mm-hmm. Sorry to start a sombering note there, but worth mentioning. But yeah, yeah. Rest in peace for sure. On on so, a lighter note, uh Justin Jefferson, another guy who just goes crazy every single week. Um makes me wonder how long he's going to put up with that organization. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder how long before he becomes a Bengal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ba- drop T. Higgins, go get Justin Jefferson. Bengals can't yeah, afford him. I, mean, they'd have, I was going to say, they'd have to cut the rest of their team, but... It'd be I okay. Mean, yeah, you got Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. <laughs> what more could you want? You yeah, don't need a defense. It up. Yeah, throw it up. There's an LSU Tiger down there somewhere. That's right. Go get Thaddeus Moss. He doesn't cost nothing. Let's just build the <laughs> offense. Yeah. Tell you what, have they can have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. yeah, they can, they can have him. <laughs> How about this? Justin Jefferson to the Colts. Could you imagine Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson throwing the football to Justin Jefferson and then a healthy Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield? That offense would be dirty. Yeah, Michael Pittman. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't Which, know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I obviously... Anthony Richardson has some room to grow, but you give him Justin Jefferson, and I could probably complete a pass. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't, exactly. not more than one, but I, I could, I could probably complete one. Hey, I was coming in hot to say only one. <laughs> <laughs> beat, you, beat you to it. Oh yeah, from the ropes, and you just yank the rug on me. Yeah. Ah, well, let's anyway. Let's look ahead, man. Uh, what games are you all most excited about this weekend? We, I think we should talk about uh, the Dolphins and Chargers real quick. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, totally uh, dropped the ball on that one. Absolutely. Just, just because of how much of a barn burner it was. You're uh, excused. Jacob, yeah, J- <laughs> Jacob made a statement a couple weeks ago about Tua throwing for 5,000 yards and Tyreek catch, uh, receiving for 2,000 yards. And after week one, uh, I realize it's a long season, but I'm a little nervous about my take on that one. That, that that Dolphins team looked, that offense looked really good. Yeah, it's Scotty. too bad their defense. <laughs> their offense looks legit, but it's too bad their defense allowed 34 points. Also, it's like they have to yeah. they have to put up a million points to win. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna give you stat lines from this real quick. So, really good podcasting here. So your boy Tua. Uh, 28 of 45 for 466 yards, three tutties and an interception. And man, Tyree kill these numbers like are they're like Madden numbers. Tyree kill 11 receptions, 215 yards and two touchdowns. That's bananas. B A N A N A S D. Nasty. So here's the thing, guys. <laughs> small hey just a just a small probably too early victory lap wow what a game right to scott's point yeah they gave up 40 some points or whatever it was you said in your scott voice here's the thing here's the 30, thing it doesn't matter 36 36 it does 34. not matter it does not matter does not matter in the slightest because offense puts asses in seats and them boys are gonna run laps around every team they see this year I mean, there's going to be a ton of points in every Dolphins game. 
What I was most impressed with, though, I don't know if you guys saw, but some of the throws that Tua actually made were crazy, really. The fun fact, the Dolphins really probably should have lost that game, uh, except they do have Tyreek Hill, so that, you know, asterisk, right? But it's third and 10, and Tua scrambles up the middle just before he steps over the line of scrimmage in his left-handed way, launches the ball like 40 yards downfield, and... I mean, just perfect window, dropped it right in the bucket to Tyreek Hill. And then one more play after that, now they're in the red zone, right? Same thing. Tyreek Hill is not a tall receiver. Like, he's little bitty. And every cornerback that he sees is obviously a lot taller than he is for the most part. Tua dropped it over the cornerback on the run right into the bucket again. Touch. I mean, perfect touch. I'm not saying, like, I was right. I'm really not. But the numbers say... Two was a dark horse MVP candidate, boys. Hey, I'm, Sounds I'm like you say are this, Jacob. But you were right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this. After hearing that out of your mouth, I uh, I really hope the Dolphins shit the bed the rest of the season. <laughs> watch watch this yeah. coming weekend. Like Tyreek has three catches for seven yards or something. He's, isn't he playing That's against fine. Belichick this week? That's fine. Jalen, Jalen Waddle's going to have seven for a 185. I mean, <laughs> hey. They got two. They got two. They really do. They're pretty similar. No, it, that game. I literally was so upset that we did not get the game here in Welch America. Uh, we got to watch the shitty ass Patriots and shitty ass Eagles. I mean, I don't really want to watch that game. <laughs> no, that game actually did end up being a banger at the end. To be fair, I was the only person that said the Dolphins were going to win that game. Hey, you're probably right. Oh, I know I'm right. Yeah, you are right. So to revisit hey, this, it's it's like, a, <laughs> like thanks for the backup, Scott. <laughs> My parents actually called me out. They're like, "How come two out of three of you guys took the Chargers when you guys won't shut up, stop gushing about the <laughs> the Dolphins' offense?" And I really didn't have an answer for that, other than they they play press really well against them. But yeah, no, uh, Jacob forty five to thirty eight Chargers. Um, Taylor, thirty-one twenty-eight Dolphins, and a little off on that. Scott, thirty-one thirty-four uh, Chargers. So, I mean, yep. you were pretty much the closest, right? From a points t- total, but yeah, I, what I, are you talking about, dude? Don't you take this from me? <laughs> no, Taylor, take <laughs> your victory. Hey, Taylor, you got the dub, though. You got the dub. We'll give it to you. I was really shocked at how well they kind of played justin herbert this weekend to be honest with you i was even more shocked that the chargers had over 200 yards rushing that hasn't happened in a while thirdly josh kelly coming in with 97 and one that's you know i I don't know him and eckler both both went crazy man chargers run game like that really shocked me really shocked me i've been so Mm -hmm. excited to see this kellen moore offense and they're like aha gotcha running the ball we're not throwing we're not we're not pushing the ball down the field we're gonna hand it off yeah and make you stop us and it was like this is not what i signed up for but yeah eckler averaged 7.3 yards a carry Mm -hmm. and kelly averaged 5.7 so why would you pass it sure plus plus if you're running you're keeping the ball out of that dolphins to his hands you know so yeah Yeah. but that's par for the course we talked about that talked about that previously Miami allowed like six yards per carry on the, last year. So if you're going to, you can't, 
the only, the only way you can win if you're allowing that kind of run uh, production is by scoring 48 billion points a week or weekend, week out. And can you do that yeah, 17 yeah. times this year? That's the question. I mean, the Chiefs did that the year they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was going to say that the Chiefs did. but And if you ask our buddy Tucker Thompson, he will tell you that defenses don't matter too much as long as you put up a lot of points. So For, for the record, Tucker, we didn't ask. We didn't ask. Yeah, de- de- definitely a uh, fun game to watch, just a bunch of points being scored. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of that. Sells a lot of tickets, I'll tell you that. Big facts. But anyway, Scott, right. sorry, we can go ahead and look ahead now. No, you're good. Um, there are only a couple games that I really want to dive into. I mean, first and foremost, this Kansas City Chiefs go down to Duval County. Uh, your Kansas City Chiefs go down to Duval County to face Dougie P, T-Law, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And somebody who's shaping up to be a wide receiver one in Calvin Ridley. Something the Chiefs don't know a whole much about, having wide receiver ones. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, yep, that's tough. Thanks for that, Scott. Uh, nice little jab to the spinal cord right there for old mm. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Right in the back. But uh, Yeah, I mean, I... I definitely expect to see a different Chiefs team this week. And to be honest, I think Kadarius Tony has a big game. Call me crazy, but I think uh I think he has a I think he has a good I say big game. Solid game, not three or four drops, you know. Um he missed some time coming in and it's one of those things where he's young and you drop one and then you're in your own head and one mistake can turn into two or three or four or five apparently. But uh, I, I actually sound. like that. That yeah, that's exactly right. But uh, yeah, I actually like that Jags team too. But I I expect to see the Chiefs play very well this weekend and and come away with a win. Yeah. What, what I think the most frustrating part is last year, you know, Tyree left and everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, the Chiefs aren't going to be the same." And then they look like they didn't didn't miss a beat, go out and win the Super Bowl. And then this year, <laughs> it's just like, man. Maybe it just took a year, but I think uh, I I think they're going to be okay. You know, and I've said it before; I'll say it again. When you have the best quarterback in the world on your team, you always got a chance. And they were in the game, you know. So no, yeah, I I I think there's a couple of things to to think about here. One, Super Bowl hangover is real. I mean, we've seen it every year. Always, it seems like come out a team you expect to be a lot like they were when they won the Super Bowl and they fall on their face a little bit. In fairness, I've seen a lot of reports coming out saying that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is still the the best football player in the world, you know, at the quarterback position. And the <laughs> actual gap between him and the next quarterback in the league is probably so big that we just we can't really even fathom it. And I think that's true. Because, you know, with whatever it was like eight drops, I think is what it came out to last week. They were still in the game, like you said. So, yeah, they're going to come around. Receivers are going to come around. Tony's going to be fine. Uh, Sky Moore, I <laughs> I hope is going to be fine. I don't know what's going on there. I, I was Point so excited to see that four. dude just go insane. Point four points for Sky Moore. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say point for Scott, and I was about to crucify you right here on the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will and, say this. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, 
me and Scott both have been riding the Sky More train for like seven weeks now. So to see yeah. just absolutely nothing come to fruition there, it was like, wow, I, I'm not sure I've been this wrong in a minute. So week two, we're going to see Sky Moore do some stuff. Yeah, I would say uh, the Lions are another team for me that I actually was looking forward to watching this year. Unfortunately, they had to beat my favorite team week one. But that being said, I think the Chiefs beat themselves. I didn't think the Lions did anything that was like, I mean, Amon Ross, St. Brown looked good. Jameer Gibbs didn't get near as many touches as he definitely should have, you know, so that was interesting. But, I mean, I I definitely think, you know, a late drop penalty, third and 25, or fourth and 25, having to go for it, you know, multiple drops. I think the Chiefs beat themselves more than the Lions came and just walked away with it. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. Usually I feel like that's a cliche that people like to throw around, but in this situation, you know, I was giving you a hard time in the group chat because I fully anticipated Kansas City coming out and actually like winning this game, but they they 100% beat themselves. They're, they'll get right. I don't know if it'll be this week, but they'll get right. Uh, the line, by the way, is Chiefs minus three. So Chiefs are three-point favorites. What are... Uh, What's some score predictions for everyone? So I really hate to beat this guy. I really do. Like, I hate it. But I think Kansas City drops their second game this weekend. And this is why I think that. I think that that Jacksonville Jaguars offense is nice. I really do. I think going on the road after a disappointing loss at home, you just get Chris Jones back. He signed a one-year deal. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. He signs a one-year deal. Does he play this weekend? Don't know. That's going to throw a, a monkey wrench in the defense a little bit. Is he going to look like Josh Jacobs coming out? Sluggish, not playing, You know, hasn't done anything preseason-wise? Not sure. I don't know if it's this weekend, but sometime soon this Jaguars offense is going to be unstoppable, honestly. They get more comfortable with you know Calvin Ridley in the sets and just all the things going on. Bigsby, ETN, you know, T-Law looking like the truth. I, I think there's just so many good things going on. Flip side, the defense in Jacksonville, they're nice too, man. I mean, don't let that game in Indianapolis fool you. They, what, they have three takeaways? Yeah, it was against a rookie quarterback, whatever. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to turn the ball over three times. But I do think we're going to have to see some things from these Chiefs receivers and the offense as a whole. Patrick Mahomes can't do it all. I mean, he can dang sure come close, but he can't do it all. I think it's just going to come down to the Jaguars are going to score more points at home this weekend. And then we're going to be talking about this game next week. And you're going to see everywhere, oh my gosh, is the Chiefs dynasty over? Is what What's going on? Is Mahomes the guy that we thought he was? There's going to be so many stupid takes out there, and they're all going to be wrong because the Chiefs are not done. It's just I don't think they know who they are right now without Travis Kelsey. You know, Who knows what that's going to look like? The Jags are just such a... They're just a powerful, exciting team right now, and I think I think they could win this one at home. What do you think? Yeah, I I'm obviously going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, it, the fact that they played the Lions that close, and let's be honest, you know, the the two drives they did score on that was Mahomes. Looks really good. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, and and it just didn't really carry over into the second half, and we spread the ball out so well. And that we don't have that guy. And I, I do think Kadarius Tony, I mean, Kelsey didn't play. That's huge, you know. But I do think Tony is going to come back. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he's going to be the player that people think he can be. 
thinks he can be. And uh, I think the Chiefs win. You know, I I mean that it'll be close. That Jacksonville team is good. I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I get I catch shit at the fire station for it. You know, but I'm I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan, and I do think it's gonna be close. And Scott's a big Doug Peterson guy, and he's he's got that team right right now. But I think the Chiefs are one and one after week two. Give me uh Jacob. Give me a score prediction. I'm gonna go 28 Jacksonville, 21 Kansas City. Taylor, I'm gonna go 31 28 Kansas City. Our points are almost exactly the same, Taylor. I'm gonna, but I'm giving it to the Jags, uh, 31-27. What's the status on Kelsey? Have we heard anything about that? Sounds like he might go, but. If I'm the, I mean, honestly, if I'm the Chiefs, I do not rush him back. I'd, I'd agree with that. It's a it's very way, long it's season. It's way too early. Yeah, it's way too early to lose him long term. So right, I'd, yeah. I'd agree with that. I think, it, I think him playing and not playing is a is a big key to this game, though. Hundred percent. Oh, huge. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, so it'll be interesting. Dude, my when man Ridley. Is, Ridley had 97 yards. My man Ridley had 97 yards in the first half. My gut's filthy. Guy went off. Um, no, oh, did he have the second crazy. half? Sagan. How many did he have the second half? Less than 97 yards, but still. It's a solid, <laughs> solid outing. Uh, no, but, but, but Ridley and uh, Ingram and Zay Flowers. I'm uh, sorry, Zay Jones. Um, and Christian Kirk and Etienne and that offense is just—it's good. I'm I'm super yeah. high on the Jaguars this year. I I could 100% see them making it to at least the AFC Championship game. Pumped about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think the the Jags are going to be great, like I already said. But I just think that Taylor, do you know when the Chiefs' bye week is by chance? I don't. I should, but I don't. I don't know either. I I think that. We're way too. I, it's it's really fun to talk about, and I love diving into all these games and stuff right now. But like at the end of the day, it's like I've said a few different times: these games this early, unless you're the Bengals and you're you're playing your second divisional right off the bat, they don't really matter that much at all. I mean, it's just teams figuring out who they are, and you can lose a few games for sure before it's really you know crunch time. So that I don't think they rushed Travis Kelsey back. I, I think they. I think the Chiefs just kind of coast, to be honest with you. Figure out what's up, do what they do, let Patrick Mahomes do what he does, and see what happens. The The Jags have a lot more to, in my opinion, the Jags have a lot more to win here than the Chiefs do. Yeah, the, the Chiefs want to win. I'm not saying they is, don't, but... Chiefs bye week is week 10. Yeah. So, another game that I'm equally excited about is uh, talking about teams, or the Bengals playing their second divisional round. Uh, game in as many weeks. Bengals v Baltimore. Um, yeah, I'm quite excited about this for a lot of reasons. One, those that this these two guys always play each other well. Um, definitely like fall football vibes whenever you're talking about an AFC AFC North matchup. Um, and yeah, I think that this has got the potential to be a shootout as well. Could also be a low-scoring slugfest. So, which which way you guys, which way do you guys see this playing out? Well, uh, go ahead, Taylor. Take it. Away. All right. Well, I think uh, I actually think it's probably going to be pretty high scoring. I think after last week, 
the Bengals being the Bengals last week. Uh, I expect them to come out and really air it out. Joe Burrow, I think, has a pretty good game. Unfortunately for the Ravens, they lost J.K. Dobbins last week for the rest of the year. It wasn't a torn Achilles. So it'll be interesting to see um, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, how they tote the rock, how that spread out. But Lamar Jackson didn't have a great game last week either. So I think I think both the well I honestly think that the uh, Ravens try to kind of come out and slow it down, and Cincinnati does not. So I think uh, I think it'll be pretty high scoring. It'll come down to the wire. So, but I I think Cincinnati wins this game. The line is Cincinnati yeah, minus minus three for the record. I really think that I was pretty disappointed in the Ravens' offense as a whole. You know, we've been hearing about. Todd Munkin and and all the stuff that he's going to do to this Ravens offense to really open it up and get Lamar Jackson involved. I mean, that's why they extended him, right? Because they think he's MVP caliber quarterback and he's already won one. So can't really dispute that, but they played the Houston Texans and I was just, I really was expecting more to be honest with you. Lamar didn't throw for a touchdown. He didn't really do anything actually. Um, and they won the game, so, I mean, whatever. The stats don't matter. It's all about winning, I know. But when you step back and look at it, it's like you just lost J.K. Dobbins for the season. They didn't probably know that at the time, but they knew he was hurt. And Justice Hill steps in. Maybe maybe that's what it was about. Maybe they were trying to figure out if Justice Hill could perform in a game-type situation and that they want to lean more on the running backs and figure it out because they knew they were going to win. I don't know. But I do know that I was definitely – left desiring a lot more from this Ravens offense. Rashad Bateman wasn't involved at all, which I thought was weird, honestly. Odell Beckham played well. Zay Flowers was kind of the story of the day. I I think he had 10 targets and nine catches. And Dude is all the hype that we've been hearing. I mean, he is. He's nice, and nobody can argue that. But I don't know. I, I wanted a whole lot more from the Ravens, so. Just from a game overview standpoint, though, uh, it's like I said earlier, I think the Bengals kind of come back to earth a little bit and do what they do. I think Joe Burrow probably throws for a few touchdowns, and Jamar Chase has a huge day. I don't know if you guys saw how upset he was after the Browns loss, but he uh, he's fired up. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a multiple touchdown game from him and one for Higgins as well. So I don't know. I think, I think the Bengals probably win. Um, I think we see a Todd Munkin opened up playbook from the Ravens and it's going to be an exciting game for sure. Definitely. Uh, let me get some score predictions from you guys. What I you think got? it's, um, I think it's 24, 20 Cincinnati. I'm going to go 31, 28 Cincinnati, which means Scott has to go with the flock. Cause we can't all three be the same. No, nah, man, I'm not a, not a Baltimore. Truther. <laughs> 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 No, I think you're completely right, though, man. I think that Burrow bounces back, throws for you know 350 yards. I think that uh, that Jamar Chase cannot be stopped. He's going to end up having like 115 yards and two tutties, and then T. Higgins gets one himself. And I think it's a fun one. I think uh, you know what? Why not, Jacob? I'm going to say that I'm going to agree with you. 28-31. Just be unoriginal. Ravens. Unoriginal. No. Um, Bengals, thirty-one twenty-eight. Bengals. Yeah, I was yep. trying to get you. No, clever. All right, 
And the last one. Let's talk about my Philadelphia Eagles playing in prime time against, you like that? Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in Philly for their home opener. And the spread is a kind of a whopping seven points. Philly's seven point favorites. What do you guys think? Scott, why don't you, why don't you start with this one? Man, so um, we didn't really touch on it too much, but the Philly Patriots game was disconcerting for a lot of ways. Uh, in a lot of ways, the Philadelphia offense couldn't get right, didn't look like. Um, they didn't, granted, the weather conditions kind of sucked. And granted, Bill Belichick is a you know defensive guru, if you, guru, if you will. Um, you still want to see more production out of Philly's skill players. Um, and I think that they're going to come out just firing on every single cylinder this game, assuming that the weather's nicer and, well, not even assuming the weather's, <clears throat> the weather's nicer. It's just going to be an offensive explosion from Philly's side of the ball, uh, offensive side of the ball. Some unfortunate takeaways from the Eagles, disconcertingly, disconcertingly close win against the passes. N'Kobe Dean is going to go on IR, sounds like. Uh, James Bradbury, uh, who allowed the lowest quarterback rating when targeted last year, is out this week also. So a couple of key injuries to watch. Uh, Josh Job and uh, UDFA out of Alabama last year, um, who's looking pretty good, will be filling in for James Bradbury. I imagine he'll be paired up against uh, Addison, and Slay will be tasked with shutting down Justin Jefferson, which is easier said than done. So it's got the potential to be a, you know, a shootout, just for those reasons. Um, Philadelphia's linebacker core is already pretty thin, so I could see Minnesota working in the middle of the field and grinding it, grinding it out that way. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see AJ Brown go off for 130 yards. I'm excited to see. Jalen Hurts throw for 15 touchdowns. Okay, that's an exaggeration, but I do want to see the offense look more like themselves this this week. Yeah, I I think my biggest takeaway from last week was a uh, a running back timeshare in Philly. I'm so confused. Gainwell's the guy, or what? What's the deal with that? Yeah, man. Um, uh, Penny was a healthy scratch. It was kind of weird, and Gainwell had more offensive touches. And this is probably why the, our offensive machine sputtered. Gainwell had more offensive touches than, if not mistaken, A.J. Brown, Devontae, Smith, and Dallas Goddard combined. That's not a that's not a recipe for success. It's just it's just not. Yeah. Um I mean DeAndre Swift had one rush, one catch for a grand total of three yards. I mean, they go get him, like you said, they go get Rashad Penny and didn't seem like they were a too involved with the offense this week. So I'm anxious to see how that, that continues on into the next week. Um, maybe it's just kind of gain. Well, if, I mean, you think they know the offense they've been there all off season. I, I couldn't even tell you why they did it, to be honest. Gainwell just must've looked better, better in a mini camp. As long as far as the Vikings go, you know, I think TJ Hawkinson has to be more involved. They got to get the running game going. And you got to expect big things from Justin Jefferson every single week. So I I, I think that it's probably going to be closer than seven points, honestly. But I do expect Philly to win this game. And I expect him to look a lot better than they did last week. Same. Hawkinson over the middle is my biggest concern because I don't know who, who they're going to have yeah. shut yeah, him down. When you said... Yeah, when you said that, which I think you did, you mentioned Nicobe Dean. I think he's out 
Um, He's officially yeah, on the IR. The linebacker. Yeah, the linebacking core. You know, when you said that you think Minnesota's going to attack over the middle, I immediately thought of Hawkinson. So it's which Jordan Addison looked really good too last week. So and I'm excited. I I always I'm I probably shouldn't, but I always believe in Kirk Cousins, and he seems to always let me down. Kirk O'Bangs, baby, Kirk O'Bangs. <laughs> you know, it's like this, right? The the Philadelphia Eagles offense as a whole, they spoiled us last year because last year they're like, hey, listen, every single Sunday. A.J. Brown is getting seven targets, Devontae Smith is getting six targets, and Dallas Goddard is going to have five, roughly. Have fun figuring out which one scores two touchdowns, but they're all those, those, are, those are the three guys. Now, we go into the season thinking, okay, well, the Philadelphia organization traded a first-round pick for DeAndre Swift. So, one would think. A fourth-round pick. A fourth-round pick. Wow, that was horribly wrong. <laughs> anyway... One would one would have thought that just derailed me completely. One would have thought that Swift would have been, you know, right up there with the with the rest of the the first string offense trying to go get him. But actually, they have nothing invested in him at all. So, uh, Kenny Gainwell, yeah, he's our guy. Go Kenny. I mean, even a fourth round pick, though, I still think you know you got to involve the guy. No, yeah, absolutely. Sure. And like, here's the thing, like. DeAndre Swift, we know how explosive he is. We know how good out of the out of the backfield catching the ball he is. All these things, I just I'm so baffled by by the Kenny Gainwell like and, and okay, take Kenny Gainwell and remove him. Now you've got Boston Scott starting over DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny who are both known proven running backs in the league. Like, yeah, DeAndre Swift and Penny both have injury risks. Maybe they're keeping them on the shelf for the late season push, but like what is going on? I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. I, I yeah, I, and I don't. I, I was going to say Philly. Philly's offense was such a buzzsaw last year that it was honestly hard to believe. You know how they played week one, which once again is week one. But last year it seems like they did whatever they wanted to do, whenever they wanted to do it, all season long. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I I mean I. I wouldn't start doubting them. I mean, they they obviously won and may not look good doing it, but it's not like they. I I wasn't really too worried during that game. Which also, um, it's definitely important to note that there are very few teams ever that go into Foxborough and just blow the Patriots out. So yeah, you know, Bill Belichick, he's a defensive coach. He's really good at what he does, and he's done it for a long time. So. I don't know. I think I saw that Kenny Gainwell actually picked up an injury designation. Maybe Scott can validate or not, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's week one and there's already guys getting banged up like crazy. We talked about Dobbins. We talked about Rogers, both out for the season. Multiple guys in concussion protocol. Austin Eckler has an ankle injury. Might not go this week. I read a little while ago. So, I mean, just it's crazy. It's crazy how fast the injury bug comes for you. Yeah, and they pile up quickly. And yeah, it looks like Gamewell is likely to miss this week. Um, doesn't sound like it'll be. It's doesn't sound like it's supposed to be two. Like it shouldn't be multiple weeks, but he'll he'll probably be out this week. Which let's. Uh, I really, I really want. I want to see ahead. Penny get like. I want to see Rashad Penny get eight to ten touches a game. The guy's a beast, and if he can stay you healthy, know, when yeah, when I mean Penny's whole career, anytime he's been healthy, he has just went absolutely nuclear. You know, I mean he's. 
<laughs> it it surprised me. You know, maybe it is like Jacob said, they're just trying to keep him healthy. You know, I mean, yeah. it's been it's been an issue his whole career, and if they can win without him, maybe they're like, you know what, let's save this guy for the last three weeks of the season, and not, yeah, dude. you know, waste him the first three. Let's uh, just real quick, I'm gonna pull an audible on you guys. Let's play a game, just real fast. Go down a list of some of the guys that you've been really high on this preseason, and name a couple of them that performed week one. And, you know, maybe name one that you did not see coming. Doesn't have to have a ton of analysis with it, but just just for fun, right? And, it, again, I'll go first. So, a few guys that I had pretty high on my radar. Nico Collins, he did well. Week one in that Houston Texans <laughs> offense, I was excited to see it. I actually have a lot. I've talked about best ball on here before. I have a lot of Josh Kelly because I think that Eckler has trouble staying healthy. and I also had a hopeful feeling that their rushing attack would be better. And week one, it, it definitely was. So excited to see that. Two other guys I have a lot of. I have a ton of Jacoby Myers. He did super well. And I have a lot of Darnell Mooney. So those those four picks right there, I think, might carry most of my best ball teams because I tried to get a lot of upper-end running backs because I thought that everybody else would be waiting on running backs and taking receivers up top. So. Uh, that was just kind of a strategy I had this year. And, and after week one, I'm pretty happy with it. I know there's a lot of weeks left, but what do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, just off the top of my head, Elijah Moore is a guy that I've been pretty high on. He didn't go crazy week one, but compared to pretty much all of last year when he was a jet, he looked pretty good. Got some targets, three catches, 43 yards. I mean, that's, that's progress. Cause I have, I actually got him in a rookie draft, uh, in my in one of my dynasty leagues and it's been a long time coming he uh kind of looked real good rookie year and then after that it was he kind of last year i don't i mean like i said i don't know if it was garrett wilson or zach wilson wilson and wilson but for some reason elijah moore was not involved in that offense <laughs> and my other one uh, is george pickens which it's hard to say because um that pittsburgh offense looked horrendous week one so i i still expect him to be very good but based on week one if you're just putting that into account he's a lost cause yeah hurt scotty uh kind of touched on this earlier but a guy i was really high on coming into the season he did not disappoint uh calvin ridley calvin ridley my man just absolutely carrying my nfl fantasy and then another guy i was really high on but kind of went the other way in week one Jameer Gibbs, man, he looked like the most talented person on that Lions fo- football team, and they refused to give him the damn football, and I don't know why. Like, <laughs> come on, give 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 the give the most talented guy the dang rock. Just do it. Uh, I'm sure it's because he's he is super crazy talented, and they invested a lot of draft capital in him. They want him to last. I I have a feeling that like week five and maybe even before then. He is just dominating every touch he has. I still don't think he's going to see 20-plus touches a game like you think he will, but I think 10 to ten to 15 is probably pretty pretty normal for him uh, after the first quarter of the season, for sure, and for sure the back half of the season. Fingers crossed. And that, and another I, guy that – yeah. Go. Well, Sorry, Scott, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say another guy I was high on was Ty J. Spears from – 
Tennessee. Mm. Um, Derrick Henry's back up. Three three carries, 27 yards. Doesn't sound incredible, but he was on the field a lot, and that gets me excited. Hey, fun fact. Real fun fact. Me too. Love Ty J. Spears. For those out there, Tulane highlights. Go watch them. Dude was crazy. Ty J. Spears out-snapped Derrick Henry week one. Ty J. Really? Spears was on the field for every third down. He had three carries, 27 yards, and I think he had a couple of receptions too, right? I, I think he, yeah, had he had a reception. One reception on like four targets or something. Yep, yep. That's a lot of opportunity. So Ty J. Spears is probably on the waiver wire out there for those fantasy footballers listening. Go pick him up because dude is obviously involved in this offense immediately. Another guy I want to honorable mention here. It came out of nowhere. Puka, pronounce that last name for me there, Jacob. Nakua. Nakua. I didn't want to butcher that. Dude, 10 catches, 119 yards. Filthy. I'd never even heard of this cat before, and then he's putting up this kind of stat line. That's pretty wild. Yeah, when he was at BYU, he had trouble staying healthy. So we'll see what happens. But I will say last year at BYU, the few games he did play in, Dude went nuclear. So, yeah, I mean, he's obviously really, really good. He just has to figure out how to stay healthy. Yeah, he's got he's got a good quarterback situation there, and especially with Cooper Cup being out. I mean, he has potential to, if like you said, if he can stay healthy, have string some really good weeks together. So it'll be it'll be fun to see. Hey, what about uh, Cam Akers? Twenty two carries for twenty nine yards and a touchdown. Dude, hey, that that's good average right there. Oh my gosh! At first, <laughs> I thought, man, McVay just hates Acres. Like every time I was like checking scores and stuff, like Kyron Williams is the guy. He's got two touchdowns. He's just dominating this game. No, he's not. Cam Akers had twenty two touches. That's one point three yards per carry. Yeah. That, oh man, Taylor, you it's and not, I could have averaged three yards a carry. Well, together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe in high school. <laughs> anyway, you boys ready to wrap? Yeah, man, that's all I got. Absolutely. Who's spitting? <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is our longest podcast to date. So if you listen to the entire thing, shout out to you. You're a real one. Shout out, shout out. Hey, next week, one thing real quick. We're going to try and start our pod with a Twitter space. If you don't know what that is, you need to get on Twitter. And first of all, you need to follow us. Because if you're not following us already, I don't know what you're doing, really. That's at forever underscore fourth. At forever underscore fourth. Go check it out. A Twitter space is a lot like a Facebook Live. We're going to start it out. We're going to invite a bunch of people. You can set a reminder. Come jump in. We're just going to talk about some football, recap some games, just get some people involved and and hopefully grow our following a little bit more. So once again, that is at forever underscore fourth. Come check us out. The other socials, we love that you guys are liking and sharing posts. It means the world to us. All we want to do is continue growing our following and keep talking about stuff on the microphone every single week. So once again, thank you for listening to fourth and forever sports. We look forward to having you back. See you next time. Deuces. Hmm.